0: We get our services started every week. Or if you have an electronic device with your Bible on it, that'll work too. But well, let's just hold those up and repeat after me. I'm a child of God. Have in my hand the powerful Word of God. Can change lives, heal broken hearts, and help me celebrate Easter. Here's our prayer Lord Jesus, today, speak to me. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, turn to your neighbor and say, He's risen! risen. You've got to use the hands. Now, come on. He's risen! He's risen! There you go. I know some of you old Church of Christ people, you only go this far. I understand. I got it. I understand. Glad you're here. You glad to be here? Amen. I'm glad you're here. haven't been able to stand and preach in a long, long time. So I'm going to try again today to stand and preach. Uh, I don't have any pain in my knee because it's been replaced. Hallelujah. Now the pain's in my lower back because I'm having to carry all this weight around again on on up as i stand it up. But uh, hallelujah. We begin a new series today. You see it up on the screen. The Red Letter Day. How could Easter Sunday become a Red Letter Day? Well, as Lindsay and Stephanie sang to us, His love was written in red. His blood was shed so you and I could have eternal life. His blood was shed so that you and I could have peace. His blood was shed so that we could have healing. And so today, we're going to look at this red letter day called Easter, and then in this series, we're going to take a few of the statements Jesus made from the cross and talk about them. Today will be one and uh, one that I think is very close to each of our hearts because we've experienced it in some way or another. What's important to understand is that God loves you more than you could ever know. God cares about you more than you could ever know. And God has a purpose for you and He has a dream for you. So we want to talk about that. Last week uh, in leading up to today's message, we were looking at a passage of Scripture that I want us to go back and take another look at a little bit deeper. If you have those Bibles or electronic devices, would you find Matthew chapter 27? We'll pick it up at verse 37. It says, Above Jesus' head, they placed the written charge against him. This is Jesus, the King of the Jews. Now, you ought to understand, that's a mocking statement. They were mocking him. Now, I've always wanted to be a person who was inducted into somebody's Hall of Fame. I've always wanted to be a Hall of Famer because I always thought I was that good. Yep. See, they cried. You know, when I when I mentioned that. In our midst are two Hall of Famers in our in our services today. You might say two. Oh yeah, there's two. Maybe more. Two is all I know about. Actually, three because I was inducted into a Hall of Fame. You didn't know that, did you? Twelve years ago, I was inducted into the FCA Hall of Fame of Northeastern Oklahoma. It's such an astounding. Uh, feat that I accomplished. Nobody knows about it. <laughs> it was awesome. I got a little email and from the guy that's the Northeast Oklahoma director. And he said, I've just put you in the Hall of Fame. I thought, I praise God. So now I can say I'm a Hall of Famer. And that means absolutely nothing to anybody. But they were mocking Jesus. 38, two robbers were crucified with him. One on his right, one on his left. those who passed by hurled insults at him, shaking their heads and saying, "You are going to destroy you who are going to destroy the temple and build it in three days, save yourself. Come down from the cross. if you are the Son of God." In the same way the chief priests, the teachers of the law and the elders mocked him. He saved others, they said, but he can't. Save Himself. He's the King of Israel. Let Him come down now from the cross and we will believe in Him. Just continual mocking, deriding, berating. Verse 43, He trusts in God. Let God rescue Him now if He wants Him for He said, I am the Son of God. Now want you look at verse 43. Four words that these guys used to describe our Savior. Powerful words. He trusts in God. (coughs) But what they're saying is, where's your God now? You ever felt that? You ever had something arise in your life that you wondered... Where is God now? Where is He? I mean, I've been faithful. I've, I've tried to do all the things I'm supposed to do, and where's He at? I'm really hurting here. Where's He at? They tore his clothes off of him, beat him 39 times with this whip. King James calls it a cat of nine tails. What it was was nine strands of leather, and they would embed in the leather sharp pieces to tear and round, hard, ball-type pieces to inflict bruising. And so they would take all those on a handle, and the nine would be out here, and that Roman soldier would sling that nine-leathered-piece whip onto the back of Jesus... And once it was thrown, obviously it would stick. It didn't just leave a whelp mark, it left cutting and bruising. And as they would drag it down his back, you can imagine the tearing that went on. But the one that gets me is when they would throw it, because he was stretched out, right? And they would throw it around the front rib cage And then pull it back. Only to have those lacerations be quite painful <coughs> blindfolded him slapped him in the face put a crown of thorns on him hung him near naked on the cross where is your god now where is your god now trust To convince To rely on With inward certainty Inward Certainty Have full confidence Or complete trust Trust is a valued Characteristic Those of you that are married Those of you who hope to be married one of the things that you have in that relationship is this idea of trust. You trust that your mate is going to leave in the morning, behave themselves, and come back home. Amen. Just me? I'm the only one. Me and Christy were the only ones to think that. Amen. Oh, okay. Well, don't let me drag it out of you. Maybe I need to spend a message on trust here. Okay. <laughs> it's kind of like a magician. I love magicians, especially those that can really do it well. And there's some of these young guys that are out there. That, it just baffles me how they... They'll, they'll get a deck of cards. They'll have you write your name on the card. You'll, they'll put it back in that deck. He'll put it aside. And then he'll pull out of, of his pocket a deck that's sealed, unseal it, pull it out, go through it, and find the card that you just signed in that deck that he pulled out of his pocket. I don't know how to do it. I don't know how they do that. But the tougher the trick, the more amazed we become. So Jesus is here in his darkest moment possible to bring light into darkness. I mean, speaking of darkness, let's look at Matthew twenty-seven forty-five and 46. From the sixth hour until the ninth hour, darkness came over all the land. About the ninth hour, Jesus cried out in a loud voice. I don't need to embarrass myself trying to pronounce these Greek words. Because simply underlined, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why would Jesus need to ask that kind of question? See, this is a theologically tough statement because God is forsaking God. Jesus was God in the flesh and God is hanging on the cross and God is asking God, why are you forsaking me? Ever been there? Ever got that word from the doctor that said you've got this? I don't want that. <laughs> but you get it. You got it. Why have you forsaken me? Not one time did Jesus complain when men hurled their words. But when it seemed that when He was at His worst possible point. He screams out, God, why have you forsaken me? I want you to meet three people in this video. Let's hear their story.
1: Hi, my name is Lisa, and in July of 2008, my husband and I went in for a routine ultrasound at 20 weeks, and We found out then that our baby didn't have a heartbeat.
2: (laughs) Hi, my name is Scott. About, it was the early morning I got a phone call and it was about my grandson being taken to the hospital. And he was my little buddy. He was, he was the world to me. I have other grandkids, but but Nova was, he was special. Uh,
3: My name is Deidre and, um, my father sexually abused me until I was eight years old um, and he also beat the living daylight out of my mother.
2: And when we got there and they had just, had just gotten him resuscitated, they admitted him into the, his room and, and it was at that point that I was like, God, why? Why? He's not even three years old. Why would you take this precious boy?
3: It made me feel betrayed by God, it made me feel dirty. It made me feel like God left me um, out there by myself um, and I asked why. Um, I couldn't understand why God would allow something like that to happen to me.
2: It was about a week when when he finally uh, passed away.
1: So. That was the hardest thing that we ever had to go through. And it was the hardest point in my life. And I questioned and questioned and questioned why. Why was this baby taken from us when I never got to hold him or kiss his face?
0: Well, there's some hurt there, isn't there? Some life hurts. And life pain. It's real pain. We've all been there. We've all been there. And we just simply will ask, why? 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 Well, it's because we only see part of the story. We only see part of it. In 1 Corinthians 13:12 it says now we see but a poor reflection as in a mirror then we shall see face to face. Now I know in part then I shall know fully even as I am fully known. At times like this we just can't see anything good coming out of our circumstance. I want you to take a look at the screen. There's two words there. Out loud, tell me the first word you see. Nowhere. Anybody else see another two words? Now here. The reason we don't always see now here is because we're still stuck in nowhere. It's about perspective. It's all about perspective. How can one person who hears the dreaded news that you have cancer find a way to rejoice? And the other person who finds they have cancer crumbles under the weight of the disease. Well, I'm not ready to die yet. Well, when will you be ready to die? Because the Bible says that once I come into Christ, and I have made Him my Lord and Savior, I should be ready to go at any moment. Amen? I'll pause. Amen? Amen. I'll wait even longer. Amen? Amen. (laughs) Jeff, our oldest son developed jaundice when he was born. Many of you understand that. One of the things we had to do was take him back to the hospital several days after we went home for them to check his bilirubin. And the way they did that, being a young dad, and I had no idea what was going on, so they said, Dad, you hold him. Okay. So I get my arms around him, and I'm holding him, and we're giggling, and I'm trying to get him to laugh. And the nurse comes up and grabs his little foot, grabs this, I mean, it looked like a dagger. And she goes, hang on. Bam! Stamps that in the bottom of his foot. Now, he just said, Well, Dad, that was so much fun. I've never heard crying more. It was a delayed cry. You know how they are. Stuck it in his foot. She starts squeezing his foot, and he's looking at me, and all of a sudden, it just. "Ah!" I was hurting. She didn't get enough blood. She grabs that thing and hits him again. We're still going through this. She wasn't getting enough blood. She grabbed his foot and started to raise that whatever it was she was going to stab him with. And I said, if you don't get blood this time, I'm going to stab you. She got blood. I am going to stab her in the neck with that thing, whatever it was. And I wasn't really hurting. I mean, Jeff was the one that was being inflicted with stab wounds in the bottom of his foot. There's times when we are just incapable of understanding God and His divine purpose. There's just times when we're incapable. I didn't understand why she needed to jab him in the foot three times. I just didn't get it. If you don't get it the first time, we'll come back tomorrow. I don't want to see my children in pain, do you? No. If your child was laying dying in bed, you would say this prayer Lord, put me there and take them out. I'm sure, you would. That's what parents do. That's what grandparents do. That's why Scott could not understand how could God take this little three year old boy away from me? How could Lisa and her husband endure that baby dying and never getting to kiss Isaiah's face or give him a hug? God, that's pain. That's deep, deep pain. But we've got to remember what God tells us in Isaiah 55. He says, My thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. Wow. Wow. So I want to give you three ways that you can remember when things come into your life that you don't understand. And the three of them are that God is good. Say that after me. God is good. Secondly, God is for me. God is for me. Thirdly, God is with me. Very good. So God is good. God is for me. And God is with me. You got it you pass the test. Amen. But let's take a look at each of those God is good. All the time. God is good. We say that too a lot around here. In Mark 10:18, it says, "No one is good except God alone." Why is that an important statement? It's because we tend to project our present situation on God. When we don't understand, we say, God, why have You left me? When Jesus was hanging on the cross, the human nature within Him, so much like us, said, why have You forsaken me? And you feel the pain that Jesus is feeling? We hold on To things we should let go of. God transcends circumstances. In a grieving loss, God is good. In war, in the atrocities of of war and of genocide, God is good. No matter what life circumstance comes our way, God is good. Secondly, God is for me. Romans 8.31 says, If God is for us, who can be against us? Oh, I like that verse, don't you? When I was younger, I was at a football game. And we used to get uh, your your little things to carry your drinks was this cardboard, flat cardboard thing, and it would have four holes in it, but it made a great Frisbee without the drinks in it. it. Wasn't too good if you threw the drinks inside there. But anyway, so I was throwing that thing around after a game, and I was having a time of my life, and I saw it, and it goes, and hits a guy right in the head. And he was a big guy. And he looked over and saw me looking at him, and I guess he, out of all the crowd, he picked me out that I had thrown that, and he was right. But he came over and he started to pound me into the ground. And the greatest sound I'd ever heard was my brother yelling, Hey, stop that! I thought, salvation is near. So my brother comes over, grabs the guy and throws him off. And he says, don't mess with my brother, I'll tear you up. You know, they did all their bandering back and forth like hyenas do, you know, and chickens, you know, they do all that. Anyway. So I get up off the ground. My brother grabs me by the back of the neck. And here we go home. And I think, man, I am safe finally. Oh, was I ever wrong? We got out to the parking lot. And then he begins to wail on me. Why would you do that? Why would you get in trouble? And I thought, okay, Lord, just take me home. I'm ready to go home. Just, we're done. But I have to always remember that he was really for me. My brother was there for me. And wanted me to be protected. And I'm so grateful. And so, when you and I face struggles, remember that God is for you. He's the Alpha, the Omega, the beginning, the end. And Scripture tells us over and over and over that God is for us. No matter what it is we're going through, God has a dream, He has that purpose, and it's far beyond our very imaginations. He's always good. And he's always for us. And then thirdly, he's always with us. God is with us. Hebrews thirteen five says, Never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. The word never. Isn't that a powerful word? Never. Woo, yes. And that's good news. Because when we don't understand, we can always remember that he never leaves us. Ever. Ever. Let me ask you a question. Do you trust God? Do you trust Him? If you do, then you'll find Him and you'll be able to live with Him and lean on Him through your darkest moments. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, great passages. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him and He will make your paths straight. And here's what I'm finding out in my life as I grow in in Christ. The better I know God, I don't ask, or the less I ask is the word why. The more I know God, and the more deeper I'm growing in that relationship with God, I ask less why, and I ask more what. What? God, what is it through this circumstance that's going to help me bring glory and honor and praise to You? What, God, is it that You're refining in me so that I become more mature and more perfect in my walk with You? God, what is it that You can do in me that no one else could do through this? You see where I'm going? And the deeper you walk, the deeper you develop, the greater you're able to ask what instead of why. our memory verse that I've given you 2 Corinthians 5:21 God made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God why did God have to forsake Jesus on the cross it's right there in our verse because Jesus became sin on our behalf on the cross he died for all lives for adultery for lust For lying, for pornography, for cheating, for racism of any kind, of any shape or any form. Jesus became sin so our sins could be forgiven. Forgiven. So no matter what you've gone through or what you are going through, always remember that God never, ever forgets and that He will never, ever leave you we heard a lot of hurt from Lisa and Scott and Deidre. Now I want you to hear the rest of their testimony.
3: I grew older, and um, in 2004, I was able to go on a mission trip to Honduras. And um, in, some, in my prayer time in Honduras, I, was, I prayed and was still asking God why. Um, and I felt like God revealed to me that he allowed that to happen. So i um, A passion could be birthed inside of me for students, for youth, for young people.
1: We struggled with the why and um, questioned. And God showed us throughout the whole process that he was with us and that he, he was holding our Isaiah when we couldn't.
2: But it was during the time when we knew that he was going to leave us that he was going to, to go be with our Father in Heaven, that we knew God was in this, we, we we knew it was. But it was it was difficult to get to that place. We we really wanted him to be healed, but we had, we began the process of accepting that God was God and God is good.
3: I would never choose to have my father abuse me, but. Uh, By God allowing that to happen, um, I'm able, as a survivor, I'm able to tell my students that they too can forgive. They too can survive. They too can be healed um, and live with our true Father. Because of that, man, I can experience the love of my true Father, my heavenly Father, a love that is pure and unconditional.
1: After trying for a year and a half after losing Isaiah, Um, We found out this past Christmas that um, I'm pregnant, and um, I have a piece about this pregnancy, and that's something that I feel that God has shown me and um, put on my heart, and he's been faithful, and he's good.
0: Pray with me, would you? Father, I thank you for the story that Lisa and Scott and Deidre shared with us today though they experienced tremendous hurt and ask you why they found within their relationship with you a way to say and ask what father we're going to have an invitation time in just a few moments we're going to ask people to Make some decisions in their life Some will want to do that outwardly And up here in the front Others will want to do that right where they are And the good news is You hear every decision You know every heart You know every person You know every struggle And you've got an answer for all of it So, Father, today, would you give just one person in this audience the courage to make a repentant statement to you and then to prove that by how they live. Maybe they're here for the first time and want to name you as their Savior. What a great day to do that. Whatever decision they have, would you... Give them courage to make it in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's be standing and singing.